We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. It is indeed inside the clubhouse right now, right here on 670 The Score. I am Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. Bruce, right now in Chicago, we have two first place teams, uh, a couple of MVP candidates, one Cy Young favorite, one Rookie of the Year favorite, a probable repeat batting champion, a slugger with an 18-game hit streak. This is uh, these are pretty heady times for Chicago baseball right now, aren't they, Bruce? Matt, let's stop this season right now. I mean, it'd be a good place to stop. You know, you you, you have a home field advantage. Uh, you know, the f- three-game series. Uh, you watch the wild cards uh, work out and uh, get ready for the first World Series between the Cubs and White Sox since 1906. Not a bad year, considering all that everybody has been through, uh, both personally and in our world, and now watching the truncated baseball season transpire in front of us with only three weeks from tomorrow, Matt, left in the season. That is the shocking part of this. Uh, 21 games uh, left for your Chicago White Sox, 22 for the Cubs. So uh, it is going to go fast here, but hopefully a very spirited and long month of October for the Chicago baseball teams. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty crazy uh, that we have it, and here comes football to, to get in the way. Damn you, football! Why don't you have trouble getting started, just like baseball did and, and everybody else? But that's a whole other story, Bruce. We will keep baseball in focus. That's what we do here every Saturday morning from 9 to 11. I'm looking forward to the show and the conversation today. Let people know who we're going to talk to along the way. Dave Wills, the uh, voice of the Tampa Rays for the last 16 years and an Oakland native, uh, was also uh, a broadcaster uh, with me for many years and did White Sox pre and post game for probably a decade. Uh, will be joining us to talk about probably the best team in baseball, and that's the Tampa Rays. It's arguable right now with the, them and the Dodgers, of course. Most people think the Dodgers are the best team. And record-wise, uh, they have uh, stepped it up with uh, tying their record for winning the first 30 out of uh, hmm. 40 games uh, that they've played uh, this year. A pretty amazing uh, run that the Dodgers are on. Uh, will join us at 9.30. 10 o'clock, the old favorite... Patchy, Tom Pachorek will join us uh, to talk some White Sox baseball and also uh, talk about the life and times of Tom Seaver, his teammate in 1984 and 1985. And, of course, we will uh, address all Chicago baseball with you throughout the show as well. 
Um, we will talk about the White Sox, who are in first place by a half game over both the Indians and um, and the Minnesota Twins right now. Um, on the strength of beating up on the Royals, they're seven and one against the Royals. They're seventeen and ten in the division. There's a lot to talk about with that first place team, but let's talk about the other one for uh, first here because. The Cubs and the Cardinals in the midst of a five-game series in four days. These are the final games the Cubs have with the Cardinals all year long. The division really has been left there for the taking by the Cubs as they've gone 10 and 12 in their last 22 since starting 13 and 3. Um, but still, no one has stepped up and done it. And if the Cubs can play well here over the final final games and certainly over this series, then they've got a good chance to hold on to first place from moment one to the end of this weird season. And last night, you Darvish again was brilliant, again was absolutely his best self and started off that series the way you're supposed to. Jack Flaherty chased in the third inning uh, last night, but talk about you, Darvish, a little bit, Bruce, who just has been absolutely amazing all year long. Yeah, I mean, here we have your Cy Young Award winner if if the uh, season stopped today. I mean, it's hands down. And when people look at this, Matt, and they go, "Wow, you know, what a great, you know, 2020 boy. We've been waiting for this for a long time. No, that's really not the case. Uh, This goes back to the All-Star game of uh, 2019. So, since the All-Star game, uh, Matt, of 2019, Darvish, 21 starts, okay, 2.26 ERA, 181 strikeouts, 15 walks. I'll, get, I'll re- read that one again. 15 walks in 21 starts since the All-Star game of 2019. Sh- slash line against him, 199, 234, 346, all in 131 and two-thirds innings. So, again... 21 starts, he's averaging nine strikeouts, and he's averaging less than a walk a game uh, over those 21 starts since the middle of 2019. So this this is just not something that appeared uh, this year. This is something that we saw manifest itself last year at the halfway point. Uh, the, the problem with the season last year for Darvish is uh, he, led the, he led the National League in no decisions. You know, I think he won six games last year. Um, you know, he's already passed that up. So uh, the, this was a, a great pitcher last, uh, the last half of last season as well. And now you're seeing him throw all these uh, different combinations of pitches, planting seeds in the hitters' heads about pitches that uh, he's just making up as he goes along as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it really is amazing. Those stats, and it traces back to that moment where Tommy Hadovy and, and and you had the conversation, not you, but you had the conversation about pace. And it started with a misunderstanding, Bruce, that Darvish thought they were telling him to speed up between pitches. And actually, Hadovy was telling him to speed up the delivery, but it led to a really good conversation about what Darvish has been told before, how different teams have wanted to take certain pitches away from him because they think he thinks about things too much. And he's a guy who has an unbelievable arsenal of pitches and wants to think about them all. He, he needs to be out there, and, and as he's described it, thinking about absolutely everything. He has a lot on his mind to think about and a lot of varieties of pitches that he could throw and wants to throw. And we're seeing just about everything um, here, just an incredible variety of pitches 
He's throwing first pitch strikes to like everybody. Last night, 22 hitters, 17 first pitch strikes of many different varieties, too. You'd be watching there like, all right, there's the fastball for a strike. There's a slider for a strike. There's a cutter for a strike. There's a big slow slow curve for a strike. Everything is is under control and in the zone whenever he wants it to be. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. And and, uh, what you point out, Matt, is, is so significant with this pitcher. He's so cerebral. That he, you know, you would say that he overthinks things. Now, he would come back and say that's impossible because this is how you get better by analyzing, thinking it out, figuring out what you have to do. But his stuff is so good. And as you said, he's just bombarding the strike zone. Okay, this time uh, uh, on his Zoom yesterday uh, after the game, he talked about the fact that when he gets two strikes, uh, you know, last night uh, he just decided. I'm going to bombard the strike zone one more time, you know, hmm. instead of trying to get chase pitches and, and expanding the at bat, he just went to eliminating them. And, you know, you saw the length and the, the pitch count be there seven innings, you know, that, you know, just that home run. So it's pretty fascinating to watch him and uh, good for uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer uh, that they hit on this. This was such a uh, ugly beginning to his career uh, back in 2018, where he just couldn't get going, then hurt his uh, elbow, stopped pitching, uh, a couple starts at South Bend, uh, nothing happening. People were really uh, worried about this first half of 2019, not so great. And then, you know, he has just turned it on and put the pedal to the metal ever since then. So he is the top pitcher in the National League. He is the ace of the Cubs staff. And he is a very good reason why uh, they have uh, the wins and the first place status that they have right now. I just want people to hear this about Darvish, um, it just the kind of different headspace that he's working with. Um, Darvish said that he used to have a bunch of different issues sometimes during games, but uh, that these days, every once in a while, I'll just kind of have one issue. Here's you, Darvish, and Adam Stadzinski back at the shop will play some cuts for us here. This is Darvish. Says he's able to work on issues much easier right now. I'm not perfect every time. Just, you know, I have an issue every each start. Like before, like 2018, 19, even before, every start I had like three or four issues, like or five issues. But now if I have an issue, only one or two. So I can fix like easily. My four seam, I miss a lot four seam against righty. That was my um, issue. But I have a lot of cutter, like three or four kind of cutter, two kind of a slider or three kind of curveball. So I can re- replace then four seam then other pitch. So, so Bruce, he's having trouble with the four-seam fastball to righties. He's like, well, I'll use a couple of my cutters. I have two kinds of sliders. Yeah. I have three kinds of curveballs. He can just replace it. How many pitches does he have exactly, Bruce? 10, 10 to 12, <laughs> depending on what you believe. You know, uh, I mean, some of them I think he just makes up to uh, plant the seed in the hitter's head. So there's one more thing that they have to envision when they watch the video and go, is that a 10th pitch? No, that's the 11th pitch. Uh, that you have to look for when you start when you're a hitter and you start thinking about that and you're, you're not looking at zone you're looking at uh, deception of pitches and how many there are I think you're lost and his stuff is so good and his uh, command is so good right now that you you have the top pitcher in baseball it's really fun to watch uh, him go to work because it's reminiscent of the way that he went through the Cubs uh, back in 2017 when uh, the Dodgers wiped them out in the NLCS. 
seven starts of at least six innings pitched and one or zero runs allowed. It's crazy. Yep, no no wonder the, the players call it win day um, when he goes. Um, let, let's jump over to the White Sox, who, who beat the Royals seven, or, or are now seven and one against the Royals. Uh, first place by a half game over both the Twins and the Indians. 14 hits for them last night, only two for extra bases. Abreu with the two-run double again, and Eloy with a double. The fun thing about the Eloy double, we got to watch Luis Robert run and score from first uh, on, on that thing. But uh, Abreu is the man. They're running out of superlatives to discuss uh, the MVP candidate in the American League, Jose Abreu. You know, I was so wrong about Abreu. I always appreciated the fact that he was a very good baseball player on a on pretty much bad to below average teams for his entire career. I didn't realize with the support that he has around him uh, how good of a player he really was. And I, I go back to uh, 2017, uh, right around the All-Star game, and, uh, you know, Ricky Renteria put uh, him in as a DH, and... Uh, he had him there two days in a row, and Abreu went up to him and said, you know, why am I DH? And he said, well, we think you know, right now that you'll be the best DH in the American League. And he said, no, I'm a first baseman. And he said, well, you don't play the position defensively well enough for us to put you there every day. So he made a recommitment to uh, working with Joe McEwing, the infield coach, and made himself into an above-average player defensively, and now you see the complete player uh, that they signed to a three-year contract in the offseason. And with the support around him in that lineup, Matt, uh, you're seeing him just take off. And it, and it is fun to watch. He finally has the lineup that he had dreamed of having. Guys in front, guys behind, kids that he can watch, kids who can learn from him. And they are learning from him. Abreu with that two-run double now leads the major leagues in RBIs, number one in RBIs uh, in the major leagues. And uh, Eloy Jimenez uh, says that he learns something every time Abreu comes to the plate. This is Eloy Jimenez uh, after the game talking about Jose Abreu in glowing terms. What I can say, Abreu is one of the best hitters I ever see. You know, uh, he's a super close hitter. Uh, and every time he's on the play, I, I learn something, you know. Uh, he tried to show us, uh, like, something to learn every every night, every at-bat. So um, it's really good to see him produce those runs for us. They're learning something when they watch. They're learning something when they talk. Abreu, not afraid to go the other way, reads the pitchers, seems to bear down in uh, run-producing situations. And and the RBIs are consistent for that. Yeah, he just he finds a way to, uh, to make it happen on an 18-game hitting streak right now, Bruce. Yeah, when you have, and, and you mentioned it already, Matt, when you have uh, Anderson Mankata leading off, Mankata we haven't seen the real uh, Mankata this year because of uh, fatigue and injury. That's a subject we'll get to maybe later in the show as well. But when you have Anderson Makata, then you go with Abreu and Encarnacion following that Robert Jimenez. Uh, there, there's not too many lineups in baseball that can match that firepower. And uh, we're not, no one's going to be shy to suggest uh, that Robert is uh, one of those special players that is probably going to be uh, mentioned in that area, the Mike Trout area, before 
many years are up here. That That's the type of ability he has. And the easy power and the easy speed uh, mm-hmm. when you watch him glide in the outfield and defensive metrics that are showing him covering more ground than just about anybody in baseball. And the 455-foot home run that easily went off his bat and magically <laughs> in two seconds appeared in that upper deck. These are these are things that uh, are really supporting Abreu and the White Sox. And if you're a White Sox fan and, and uh, you have been waiting a long time for that 2005 or 2018 to reappear, here it is. You know, uh, you have it offensively. Pitching-wise, it's been good enough so far. We'll, we'll get into some of that uh, with both pitching staffs later on in the show. But at this point in time, this is a magical team to watch on a nightly basis. Uh, when you watch those uh, broadcasts, when you listen to them, it's pretty darn exciting. Yeah, it really is. And, and you mentioned Anderson, who's you know defending batting champion and uh, last I looked was leading the American League in hitting again um, and is just having a tremendous season. The Energizer Bunny, baby, or the Pasta Man, whatever he wants to call himself. Nick Madrigal with some hits last night. Feels like a lot of hits up the middle for that guy. Got to check the spray charts. Uh, spray ch- charts, excuse me. Charts, um, too. Yeah, you got to always check those. Oh, you better. Always. Yes. Oh, Double man, protect but... against it. Double protect. <laughs> shift. You must shift uh, on that one. <laughs> the entire defense has to shift on that one. But it's an incredibly fun lineup. And they're doing all this without Mankata, who I think might be the best player on that entire team. And best all-around player on that entire team. But he's not He's not, He's not. not that this year as he has a long and, and difficult continued recovery from uh, COVID-19. So... Uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. All right, we'll, 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 we'll take a break, Bruce, and come back and talk to Dave Wills, yes? Dave Wills, the voice of the Tampa Rays, Oakland native, longtime Sox pre- and post-game host will join us. You, hopefully you will listen. You're listening to The Score. That's Matt Spiegel. It's, I'm Bruce Levine. We're here for you every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball on Saturday morning. It's inside the clubhouse, right back with lots more all morning long on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 to score. Bruce, I mentioned um, that Jose Abreu leading the major leagues in RBIs. There's one Cub in the top 50 of RBI guys. One Cub, you know, Ian Happ with Mm -hmm. 22 RBIs is your only Cub in the top 50 of that. Um, Out of the lineup yesterday, we'll see what happens today. Cubs doubleheader today beginning at 4.15 is first pitch of the first game. Scary moment for Happ the other day. What do do you think? It it seems good that a concussion is apparently not on the table. He was there on the bench last night with a black eye, but the vision is, uh, is blurry as of yesterday. Yeah, a little blurry. Uh, he, 
David Ross talked a little in his Zoom before the game about uh, the fact that um, he went through a lot of tests uh, yesterday, just protocols on concussion, uh, just the uh, the quality of his sight, as you mentioned, the blurriness. So uh, he was available off the bench, but that might have been a decoy. He needed a day off. We'll see if he's a part of the doubleheader today. Uh, but uh, the good news is there is nothing serious. There is no uh, damage to the eye socket, the eye itself. Uh, not, no, no double vision right now, just a little blurriness. So from that perspective, uh, he dodged a bullet here. And a very odd play where you follow a pitch off and it, it comes up, up and, and hits you in the eye. Yeah, um, re- really weird one. So we're glad about that. Cubs will get an extra man today. Do we assume it'll be a pitcher? Or is it possible it's a position player so Hap can have one more day? Well, I think it's Alzelay, isn't it? Oh, is, is Alzelay the, uh, the extra guy? I, I think yeah. so. Okay, yeah. well, he, he'd been um, named yesterday, so I wasn't sure if that was going to be the extra, right. well, extra uh, double you know, maybe, man. Maybe they added him yesterday. We'll, du- we'll double-check on that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pitchers and uh, new pitchers and uh, people like Pedro Strope that we'll get into, it's, <laughs> uh, it's retro baseball again. Uh, you know, if you played any time in the last 10 years, you're a, you might be picked out as a relief pitcher for any of the 30 major league teams right now because <laughs> the attrition is unbelievable, Matt, as far as uh, IL and pitchers, almost double and a little bit more than it was over the last two years uh, for the same amount of time uh, in the season. It's just a, a crazy amount. And anybody that thought that three weeks for preparing pitchers and getting ready for uh, 60 ball games in 66 days was going to be good enough. Uh, re- realizes uh, what a, a, a fairy tale that was, thinking that uh, they could all survive it. There, there's not a pitching staff I don't believe in baseball that hasn't been impacted. Yeah, no, it, it's it's absolutely been brutal, and it's more arm injuries um, per capita than 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 really any year in the last decade by far. Um, and, and it is. It is certainly uh, a, a, a result of the lack of, of routine, a result of the get up, get down, get up, get down way. It's, it's, is, it's crazy that the Cardinals, for example, are going to have to pitch a doubleheader on Tuesday and another on Thursday with an off day in between. But they're going to have to pitch a doubleheader on Tuesday coming off a five-game series where all five of the starters from this weekend probably not available on Tuesday unless they do something funny with Flaherty, who they did take out early. Uh, all right, I have night. a question for you before we get to Dave Wills, Matt, okay? Sure, sure. Uh, baseball player or rock star? Nate Lowe, Brandon Lowe, Nick Lowe. Um, well, Brandon, Brandon Lowe or Brandon Lowe, I thought I, I, either way, baseball yeah, player, Lowe. Nick Lowe. I, 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 yeah. yeah. Nick Lowe is cruel to be kind. That's rock star. Yes. Uh, Nate, Nate Lowe, uh, baseball okay. player. Well, maybe our next guest will help, help uh, fill us in a little bit. Our next guest joins us on the Alpamani Ford hotline. Alpamani Ford is in Melrose Park. A favorite of mine and uh, everybody on the score, our good friend Dave Wills, the voice of the Tampa Rays, nice enough to join us on a Saturday morning and uh, say hello to all his family and friends in Oakland as well. <laughs> Willsie, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, guys. How's everything going there? Yeah, we're going with the lowies and the lows and uh, trying to figure yeah. out. Uh, hey, wait till the, uh, you know, we've had that happen where uh, Kevin Cash has put, 
uh, Nate Lowe at uh, first base and then Brandon Lau at second base. And when they get a ground ball to one another, it's uh, it's not easy. And, and then there's a Josh Lowe, <laughs> the younger brother of Nate, who's at uh, who's who's up in Double A AA and Triple A. So uh, we could have a uh, a low, low and low with the Tampa Bay Rays here in a uh, very, very short period of time. Well, Z, uh, I guess my point to all this uh, fun that I bring up with names is um, the Tampa Rays, probably the best team in the American League, certainly arguable. Um, not a lot of name guys on this team, but a lot of quality there. Um, how much fun has this season been for you so far? Uh, you can't complain. I mean, you know, Andy and I uh, were just talking about this last night. Uh, you know, we're, we're sitting there talking about how this guy really hasn't gotten going yet, and this guy's been dinged up in uh, our rotation, and we've used 24 different pitchers, which uh, doesn't really add up to usually good news. Uh, it really tests your depth, and then yet over the last 25 games, the Rays are 21-4, and four, and uh, won eight out of ten games over the New York Yankees when they were able to line up uh, Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, and then at the time, their best number three guy, which was either James Paxton or Jordan Montgomery. So somehow, some way, this team keeps on winning. Um, and, yes, they get it done with some guys that uh, you might not know uh, who they are. I mean, uh, you know, Nick Anderson was just reinstated from the 10-day uh, IL, and here's a guy that arguably was the, the best pickup at the trade deadline last year when the Rays picked him up uh, along with Trevor Richards from the Miami Marlins. Nobody had ever really heard of the guy, and yet he went out there and was our high-leverage reliever uh, for the last part of the season and in the postseason and might have been one of the best relievers going. And then there's uh, Mikey Brasso, uh, a guy who had a big two-homer day against the Yankees the other day after getting buzzed by Aroldis Chapman the night before. And uh, he's a Chicago area kid born uh, on the other side in Indiana, and uh, he's done some great things for us. And then uh, you look at shortstop, Willie Adamas has done some great things. Um, in the outfield, uh, we've been kind of uh, waiting on a few guys to get going, but uh, it's been fun to watch uh, what, you know, again, Manuel Margot's been doing here over the past couple of weeks. So it, it's a roster full of guys that uh, a lot of people have never heard of. But, you know, the pitching is starting to come back together here. The pitching was kind of in shambles for a couple of weeks after the uh, opening of the season with Blake Snell not fully stretched out. Charlie Morton had to go on the I.L. Yanni Chirinos went on the I.L. He's lost for the season. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, Tyler Glass now wasn't stretched out yet because he had some time spent for COVID. But the pitching starting to be what the pitching uh, is for the Rays. Our starters have been doing much better over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I, I really i am excited that this team has more in the tank. It's hard to believe you can go 21-4 and four, but still think there's more in the tank for a team. But I truly believe that's the case for the Rays. You, you've got a tremendous organization to be working for down there, Dave. You mentioned Glass now, and I keep thinking about Glass now and Austin Meadows for Chris Archer, which absolutely blew up in the Pirates' face at one of many, many deals the Rays have pulled off well. But talk to me about the manager. What Kevin Cash did this week in defending uh, Brasso, who'd been buzzed with 101 from Aroldis Chapman above the head, the way that Cash came out after that game, called out the Yankees, defended his guys, and threw down the threat of the stable full of guys who can throw 98, and you can quarrel about that if you want. But clearly, the players loved that and responded immediately. Um, what's the relationship like before that and since that for the players and Kevin Cash? All right, well, mark down one other name, Shane Boz, B-A-Z. He was also included in the deal uh, for Chris Archer, and he's at our 60-man camp right now, and uh, he could be a special arm. I mean, he really can be... Uh, somebody to keep an eye on. But as far as uh, Cashy's concerned, 
you know, the guy really knows the game of baseball. And, and the guy, uh, you know, again, he had a tough little act to follow. Uh, he followed a guy by the name of Joe Madden um, and, you know, kind of caught us when we were in a little bit of a downswing, but immediately started to turn things around. Uh, we didn't go into one of those major rebuilds, and a lot of it has to do with Kevin Cash. Uh, he instills a lot of confidence in people. He doesn't run away from guys if they have uh, some tough times. I think that's one of the reasons why our bullpen has been built up so well. Uh, because he shows confidence in guys. And then, as you said, he has their back. Uh, you know, we hear Kevin vent a few times, obviously, when it's just us uh, getting ready to do our pregame show, or maybe I'll see Kevin after a ball game back when we used to be able to socialize and uh, have a couple of drinks with, and I'll hear him, uh, you know, vent to us sometimes about different things. But uh, that was impressive. I mean, he was hot. There's no doubt about it, and, he had it, and deservedly so. And I could see, even on the close-ups on TV, that while that inning was unfolded, he was getting hotter and hotter after every time Chapman threw at the head. He started with uh, Wendell, he went to Meadows, and then he did it over the head of Brasso. And uh, so I wasn't really surprised that he was going to, uh, you know, be a little upset about what happened. But for him to really have the back of the players to say what he did, uh, to talk about the stay, I've got a, I got a stable full of guys who throw 98. Period. And then he took a big, you know, slurp of his drink. Uh, it was awesome, and I think the players were all pumped up about it too. And you know, the, the, you know I, I know that Kevin reached out to Aaron Boone back when these two teams played in St. Petersburg a couple of weeks ago and, and when the Yankees were chirping and hit a couple of our guys then. And, and Kevin told them to stop the nonsense, get control of the situation because this is ridiculous. We're not hitting anybody, and your guys are chirping and we're getting hit. So Kevin was a little ticked off at that time. And then when obviously it continued at Yankee Stadium, uh, he had had enough. And, uh, you know, I, I loved it. I think, and the players loved it. And then going into the next day, guys, uh, Kevin told us there was a lot of emotion uh, floating around that clubhouse where I think there are some guys who wanted to get retribution. And then there were some guys that uh, were saying, let's just play baseball and beat them. And the, he brought in two guys. He brought in Joey Wendell, the guy that got hit. And he brought in, uh, he brought in Mike Brasso, the guy who got the, the you know, tower buzz. And he said, what do you guys want to do? He asked them first, and they said, let's just go out there and play ball. And then he went into the clubhouse, he called a team meeting, and he said, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to do any retaliation. We're going to play. And he said there was a lot of, uh, there were some eyes welled up because people were so fired up about that game. And then he said the only bad thing was that the way we came out on Wednesday night, he was upset that he had to watch the game from a suite uh, down the left field line. He really wished he was on the bench because of the energy and the way that the Rays responded Wednesday night and beating the Yankees. It was it was really one of those moments, and it's it's not a moment I think that galvanizes the team. I think the team's already galvanized. I think they're already together, but it further galvanizes uh, what this Rays team is all about. That's the voice of the Tampa Rays on radio. Dave Wills, our good friend, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. He's mad on Bruce. We're here for you every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball between nine and eleven. Well, Z, three games for Chapman. Okay, I, I, you know me and, uh, you know, my years in baseball, I don't go after players. But three games uh, with what he uh, did and uh, how, um, you know, the reputation has been out there. Um, I imagine some people are, are pretty upset about that. I, and I would think Joe Kelly would be at the top of the list. I mean, uh, you know, here's a guy, Joe Kelly, who did the same thing uh, with the Dodgers, essentially. Uh, he didn't hit anybody. He threw behind people. And uh, he ended up getting eight games that I think was further reduced down to five. But I think it's exactly the same thing. You know, I I said, did he get one game for every head that he buzzed? I mean, uh, it was a joke. I thought he should have been somewhere closer to eight games. He's got priors, as you said. Uh, Not only priors for uh, what he did on the field, but priors for what he's done 
off the field. And uh, I really truly believe that uh, Major League Baseball missed and whiffed on that one. That uh, that should have been many, many more games. And maybe he's getting his due diligence by uh, uh, going out there and still pitching and blew the game in, in New York the other day against the Mets. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a, it's a shame. Sometimes I think, uh, you know, the inconsistency of these penalties right now, I was kind of hoping that as, you know, Chris Young moved into the spot, a former player, uh, well-educated young man. Uh, I, I thought we'd start to get a little more consistency, but uh, it sure doesn't look like that's the case. Hey, Wilsey, it's hard for us to get a sense for baseball and the Eastern divisions and the Western divisions, frankly, when nobody's playing each other. Mm-hmm. What is what is your sense for the team you used to work for, the Chicago White Sox, who are one of the two most exciting you know, lineups, young lineups in baseball. I look at them, I look at the Padres, but maybe you'll be angry I didn't put the Rays in there. But either way, what's your sense for uh, for the White Sox, who are so much fun to watch this year? No, I, you know, I can't disagree with you guys about the lineups, you know, Matt, you're picking. I mean, those two are pretty darn exciting. Uh, they, you know, hit home runs on accident. They uh, can put runs <laughs> up on the board uh, very, very quickly. And uh, you're right. I mean, it is going to be kind of hard to uh, kind of uh, figure out, all right, who's that good? I mean, right now I'm kind of thinking – you know, even the Yankees that good right now. Obviously, they're missing uh, Stanton and Judge, but they've missed those guys a lot over the last couple of years anyway. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's going it, to – you look at the American League Central and outside of the Cleveland Indians, uh, you know, it's hard to sit there and say, is there a lot of great pitching in the American League Central? I know Lucas Giolito's thrown the no-hitter. I think the White Sox bullpen looks to be uh, a, a much improved. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, across the board, I wonder if they have some of the thickness that – uh, some of the other, like especially the East Division, has sometimes at the top of their rotation uh, from team to team to team. Um, but uh, you know, from top to bottom in that lineup for the White Sox, uh, you know, it's it, it's a very very good lineup. They've got some guys that can hit for power. They got guys that can hit for average. Some run guys that can run. Um, you know, I've been talking to some people uh, back in Chicago, obviously constantly. They see what the Rays are doing, and and I apologize if this guy's listening to me right now. But there was some guy who was texting me. Uh, last night, the the number it just came up a number, and I was answering him because he made it sound like he knew me really, really well. But I was going back and forth with him. So if you're listening today and you were texting me last night, I might not know who you are. I forgot who you are, but uh, it didn't come up. Oh, I hate name, when but, that you know, happens. Yeah, and, and it was too late to sit there and say, you know, I I, I don't know who this is. I'm sorry, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where uh, it, it, it's just. They've got a real deep lineup, and, and, you know, the question will be after Giolito, you know, how are they going to pitch consistently and how is that matchup going to be? But, uh, you know, it's going to be – it's fun to watch. It's good to see both Chicago teams playing well and uh, uh, doing what they're doing. And, uh, you know, and and like I said, out west, that's really a crapshoot. I mean, we know the Dodgers are the Dodgers, but, uh, you know, I get home and on the MLB package, I'll sit there and watch some games. And like last night, I was watching uh, some of the Angels-Houston game, and the Astros aren't. Uh, what they used to be. And, uh, you know, you try and sit there and be interested by a Rockies, you know, Colorado, a Rockies, uh, San Francisco Giants game. And um, it's just, it's just not the same. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see how this playoff uh, plays out. But I think at the end of the day, um, the oldest adage, and, you know, I still think it applies, even though some of these old adages have been thrown out the window with analytics, good pitching will stop good hitting. And uh, I think the Rays are prepping themselves to be a good pitching team with uh, better hitting than they've ever had. And uh, our defense is still coming around. But uh, the, the White Sox, don't, no doubt, uh, they are a very, very exciting team to watch. And I'm, I'm happy to see that things have turned around on the south side for all my Sox fan friends out there that uh, depend on them and uh, had to watch the Cubs be so good these last few years. Boy, am I glad I didn't live in Oakland during this time. But, uh, <laughs> 
Will Z, in closing with you, we only, we only got a couple minutes, but uh, tell us about the technical side of broadcasting uh, games uh, for on the road and uh, with empty stadiums. How does that work for you? You know, it's it's a challenge, but uh, it still beats working for a living. I mean, uh, you know, I think as, as kids, all of us who are broadcasters, we probably broadcast games in front of TVs and pretended we were uh, doing games. Uh, you know, it's it, you know they they set us up with about uh, five or six screens. Uh, you know, a big I got a big fifty inch TV that's at the edge of my uh, table, and uh, we have five different views on it. We have a big um, you know high home camera. We've got the uh, static uh, camera on the uh, scoreboard and on the, on the bullpens. And then there's one camera that uh, moves around that we get a few other looks at. And then we watch, obviously, what uh, Sun Sports, our TV provider, provides for the play-by-play. So, uh, you know, there, well, have we missed a few things? Have we misjudged a couple? I mean, I thought the ball came off of Kevin Kiermeyer's uh, bat as like a little looper the other day, and it ended up in the second deck at Yankee Stadium. Um, and, you know, there's some, some times where, uh, rundowns can be somewhat challenging trying to keep an eye on where the base runners are. But, uh, you know, I, I told our bosses who have come in a couple of times and said that uh, it sounds like you guys are there, which uh, makes me a little bit nervous because uh, they start thinking about the future uh, travels. Yeah, exactly. but, I, but don't worry. I said yeah. uh, we, we, we build in about five mistakes a night just to make sure you guys know that uh, this shouldn't be uh, the new normal. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but uh, – you know, I got a great partner in Andy Freed that we can laugh at our mistakes. Um, and, and like I've always told Andy, too, uh, I don't think there's ever been a perfect baseball broadcast. So, uh, you know, we, when, we, when we make a mistake, we, uh, we have fun with it and we, we move on. Hey, Dave, if thanks for uh, perfect, getting back to me. I'm yeah. sorry, Bruce. I just want to tell him thanks yeah, for getting ahead. back to me yesterday. Thanks for getting back to me yesterday, even though you didn't know it was me, man. <laughs> I appreciated the conversation <laughs> and all the information about the White Sox and the Rays. It and, was a good uh, exchange. Thank you. And, Wilsey, if you want to hear a perfect radio, uh, Matt does a baseball show on Sunday. It's hit and run between <laughs> 9 and 12. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's always perfect. So, so perfect in, for okay, three buddy. hours. That's that's pretty obscene. You know, it's that extra three fifteen that we you know we play long games. So it's that extra fifteen yeah. minutes that always gets us. You know, but <laughs> I'll tune in. And, and, we'll and, and you best to you. you want. All right, best to you and Liz and the family. Thanks for hopping on. Have a great rest of the season. Hopefully, we'll see you in the playoffs. That'd be great. I'd love it. It worked out pretty well for us in 08, so I'd be happy to see if it will work again in 24. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take Thanks, care, Wilsey. See you. That's fun. I, I love that, that he's got – he knows so many people back in Chicago. Somebody's texting about the White Sox, and he doesn't bother to say, who is this uh, new phone? Who's this? No, he just doesn't even bother. That's, that's beautiful. I'm sure we've all gotten those, right? I mean, <laughs> of, course, of course. Yeah, and it's like – and you, you don't want to say, I don't know who you are, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. you should say, I'm sorry, who is this? And then you'll say, you know, it's your aunt. Uh, you know, why don't mm-hmm. you why don't you have my name in your phone? But whatever. Uh, Dave Wills, a uh, great, great broadcaster, great friend. Uh, fun having him on. 670, the score is where you are. Cubs with a doubleheader today against the Cardinals. Adbert Alzali, the first game, a bullpen game, the second one. We'll talk about that that battered pitching staff and White Sox pitching as well later on next hour. Top of the hour, though, Tom Pachorek will join us to talk some White Sox and to talk some of his former teammate Tom Seaver. It's Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and me, Matt Spiegel, right here on 670 The Score. Contreras drives one in the air, deep left center. It's got a chance. Gone. Home run, Wilson Contreras. Cubs lead 4-1. to one. 
Contreras has driven in all four runs. And this was a rocket, a line drive to the seats in left center. His fifth of the year, he's driven in four. What a night for Wilson Contreras. Big, big night for the catcher, DHing last night. Bruce Levine with Hugh uh, Darvish on the mound and Victor Caratini doing the catching. Contreras with a big two-run single with the bases loaded in the first, another RBI single later, and then that home run very early in the at-bat. I believe it was a first-pitch ambush after two very long at-bats earlier on for Wilson Contreras. Bruce, good night for him. Yeah, and, you know, it was fun to watch his at-bats. It was fun to watch uh, Eloy Jimenez and his at-bats yesterday, a single to right, a single to center, a double to left center. Uh, that's what I call baseball. That's what I call the game that we all love. Uh, you know, I'm still, you know, reeling from, uh, you know, the guys like Tatis and uh, and uh, um, Mike Trout uh, being on pace for almost 60 home runs right now. We're hitting what would be the, the 25% mark, quarter of the season gone mark for the regular baseball season right now with 40 games pretty much in the books here. And uh, the numbers, the home run numbers are still astronomical. The strikeout numbers, astronomical. Walk numbers, way too high. So what if I were to tell you, Matt Spiegel, that next year there will be a consideration to deaden the baseball? How would you feel about that? Um, be interesting. I, I think, look, I, I love contact. I love balls in play. I think there should be some kind of adjustment. Here's the crazy adjustment that I'd be more in favor of, Bruce. I'm ready to ban the shift. I'm ready to have two infielders on either side of second base, and the mm -hmm. infielders have to have at least one foot on the dirt. So we, we lose that guy playing in shallow right where he catches every line drive. So that way we lose the motivation for guys to just try and hit it over the shift, to not bother to hit line drives and put the ball in play. But one of those two no. things might need to happen. No. Do you do you think there's a, there's a big push for, for deadening the baseball? I'm, I'm hearing there's a groundswell of, uh, of people who uh, run the game that uh, would like to see the game get back to uh, baseball players doing what baseball players do, and that is put the ball in play, okay? Mm. Too much strikeout, too much home run. So almost 40% inactivity at one point here about a week ago, Matt, where 40% of the play was walk, strikeout, home run. Now that's incredible. That means there's no action on the 40% of the plays because the home run does not elicit any action whatsoever as far as defense goes. So from that perspective, yeah, I mean, the game is sluggish. Uh, we're happy here in Chicago because we have two first-place teams, and that stuff is really not uh, a consideration right now. We're concentrating on, on the fun of the game and the fact that both teams have a chance to go deep into the playoffs this year. But from the perspective of the game itself, I'm for mm -hmm. it. And I like your idea about defenses. I, I just hate the, the, you know, let's take, as a comp, let's take a, a look at, uh, and we have to break here quickly, but Anthony Rizzo uh, became a 270 hitter and he's a 300 hitter because of the shift. And, and that's how hard he hits the ball into the shift. And that's how many outs uh, they, they make on him from short right field. It's, 
it's pathetic. So I, I'm all for uh, doing away with shifting or a modified version of that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, very interesting, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad that, that some of those big things are being considered. There's no harm in considering those things. We've seen some of the rule changes be actually a lot of fun, the necessity rule changes this year, but that's a whole other conversation that we will have time to have at some point. Not right now. We'll take a break. Come back. Tom Pachorek on his old teammate Tom Seaver and these current White Sox. That's next on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.